You know, it's a wonder, isn't it, when you start to think about and look back at your life that God was the one leading and directing and whether you realize it or not, he was uh, perhaps preparing you and leading you and um, just, again, just reflecting as they were singing there about what uh, Fraser Young was talking about last week and somehow I was having a conversation with someone about that this week and, and thinking about how, um, you know, God, God just guides us and, and prepares us for our seasons of life. And, you know, you look back and you sort of were just in the moment, you weren't realizing it, but then you look back and it was God's hand leading and guiding and preparing you. Um, and then you look and you just thank God for that. And I uh, hope that that's been, that's your testimony. You think about where you're at and, um, and certainly a great song there. But we turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 9 this evening. We'll remain there for the, uh, the duration of our time here tonight and refer to other scriptures. You can look those up another time. But I'm glad for our church. I'm glad for you all, just your faithfulness. Appreciate you taking the time to come on a Sunday evening. And I've always said that Sunday night's my favorite service, and it still is. And I'm glad for, for our times together. But Luke chapter 9 is where we read. And, um, you know, I was just thinking about life, just how quickly it can pass us by. And we can look and we sort of can go, is this where God wants, wants me? You know, and there's, there's not many people probably that you could, you could really say they could look at their lives and feel like they've fulfilled what they're supposed to do. But isn't that one of the, one of the things that we want to determine in our lives is that where we get to and where we're headed, that's, that's what God wants and that's really what we can call a fulfilled life. So I hope that's you tonight. I hope that's your desire is that you just, you, you fulfill, you feel fulfilled as a person, as a Christian. And I think the, the, the thing that often is the reason why we don't get to that is simply this, life's distracting. You can get distracted. You know, um, if you've, again, had, had children, um, it's often difficult to try to keep them focused, right? Trying to give them instruction and you're trying to talk to them about a certain thing and their minds are going elsewhere. But if you're, if you're honest this evening, that's, that can be you as well. You know, God's trying to get our attention or trying to, to instruct us and perhaps even in just your, your day-to-day life. And you know, when, often when we're distracted in life, it's often a voice that gets us back to focus. You know, with our children, a parent's voice of warning when there's danger, you know, the, a child has tunnel vision, they're, they're running after the ball and it's across the road, so you yell out and they get their focus, hopefully. Um, if you've been in sport, a, a coach giving instruction or that, you know, great halftime speech that spurs us on to the comeback, gets us refocused, or maybe a friend's words when you've had a rough day, gets us back to perspective and, you know, maybe a spouse who recognizes that you're feeling down and they say the right words and you just get back to it, or even sometimes a preacher's voice is trusted and familiar. But it's a voice often that gets us back into focus. And, you know, I think we ought to recognize tonight that it's also a voice that needs to get, to get us focused back on following after Him, and it's the Lord's voice. You know, I think we understand in John chapter 10, verses 27 to 28, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 
And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. What a great promise there. But he says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And so it is that Jesus calls us back to focus. You know, I know that in a world with many competing distractions, many things that can get in our heads, and many voices that are out there, I want to say that there's one clear voice that we've got to tune our hearts to, and it's the voice of our shepherd. And, you know, this month we're, we're focusing on, on foundations and just getting back to, the, to really the basics of who we are as believers. And one of the things that, that we need to just get refocused on and retuned to is just, just hearing from God. You know, again, it's difficult at times. It's difficult when there's issues that come and there's, there's all these competing forces that want our attention and want us to listen. But we need to tune our, our, our hearts and our ears back to the Lord. And the clear way that Jesus calls us back to Him in, in, to focus is found in two words, really. And that's what I want to focus on tonight. And then, Lord willing, as God gives us Sunday nights in this month. But these two words are simply this, follow me, follow me. Um, I mentioned to the church just the process of us coming here. And really, you can get busy doing good things. You can get busy just going about life, taking it for granted, just assuming that this is what you're supposed to do. And to be honest, before we came here, I started to be that way. You know, I was doing a good thing. I was fulfilling my call. I was uh, I was doing the Lord's work. I was trying to raise my family right. I was trying to have a, a good marriage, and I was trying to be a good friend to others. And I was doing all of that, and in the midst of that, I had lost track of just listening. And I remember, again, that, that afternoon after we had lunch with that, some families in, in, uh, from Southland, and there was that particular couple that gave their testimony about just simply asking the Lord, is this where you want us to be? And I began to listen again. I began to hear and I began to seek his word. And finally enough, God over time revealed that. And here we are. It's just those words, follow me. And, you know, in, in teaching about a life that's, that's fulfilled, in calling disciples in, in his word to lay aside all other pursuits, in, in exposing an individual's tendency to be absorbed with self, distractions, Jesus used these two words to challenge and awaken them, follow me, follow me. And that's what I want to focus on, you know, in the next couple of weeks, Lord willing. But I want to give you some thoughts here tonight as we, we introduce this thought uh, for, for our course this, this month. Notice there with me in verses 18 to 22 again, and really this discourse that the Lord Jesus had with his disciples and he says in verse 18, And it came to pass as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him and he asked them, saying. So he asks them a question, and it was this, Whom say the people that I am? So he was asking them a question about what do people, who do people think I am? But then he narrows it down. He says they gave some generic answers there. They, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say Elias or Elijah. Others say that one of the old prophets is risen again. So they were saying, you know, you're just a reiteration of a prophet that's come. But then he wanted to really get to this. He wanted to narrow it down. He said unto them, but whom say ye 
that I am. Peter answering, and rightly, he said, the Christ of God. And here's the first thought that, that we have in, in regard to just that, those two words, follow me. Following him and responding correctly is really contingent upon understanding who he is. You know, that's really what Jesus was building to before he went into the, this conversation with them about, you know, saving their life, lose it. Losing their life, they're going to gain it. And, and this whole idea of following him, he was going to challenge them about who he is. And really, that's the question you and I need to ask ourselves tonight before we get into the fulfilling life, is that who is Christ to you? Who is the Lord Jesus to you? And, and Jesus was challenging those nearest to him, his disciples, about something that probably the general population was trying to define. The disciples answered again with those responses. And, and Jesus asked them and narrowed it down and pinpointed to them, who do ye say that I am? And, and you know, we could all have an idea because we're here on a Sunday night where we would call the, the faithful crowd, so to speak, and we're here tonight and, and probably have some idea as you've been taught, as you've listened in. But, but Jesus is trying to narrow it down for you. Who do ye say? It's not about what your family thinks. It's not about what your church thinks. We understand from the Word of God, but who do ye say that He is? You see, before you can follow Him, before you can respond rightly to those two words, follow me, you've got to know Christ. You've got to have an understanding and you have a, you're going to have to have an intimate knowledge of who He is. See, Jesus wasn't interested in knowing what everyone else thought. He already knew. He wanted to hear it from them personally. And there's just something about knowing a familiar voice. Uh, uh, probably, I'm not sure if I've used this before, but you know, years ago we were living um, in the Philippines. We hadn't moved here to Australia yet. And we went on an excursion, my, my family and I, and at that point it was my, my parents, myself, and my sister Irene, who's only one year apart from me. And, and pray for her, by the way, she's ha she has her knee surgery this Wednesday. But we, were, we went on an excursion, we went to the Manila Zoo, and we did all of that. And afterwards, we went to a large shopping center. For those of you who've, who've been to the Philippines, it's called SM, it's Shumat, it's the biggest mall around, all right? It's everywhere. So we went there, and, and I think my parents were looking at buying me shoes, and so we were looking at shoes, and suddenly we looked around, and Irene was missing. Now, Philippines isn't like Australia. Over there, there's for real kidnappers, right? So we were, uh, my parents were worried. I was just sort of like more interested in buying shoes, but we were looking around, and, and my sister was gone. So, of course, we were, we were, uh, there was concern. The parents started looking around, started asking, you know, anyone they could, have you seen this girl? And then suddenly over the, the, the sound system, over the PA system, I heard a familiar voice. It was my sister crying. Now, you know, I, I was very familiar with her crying. I was off, often the source of her crying. <laughs> and so it has its advantages. And so I started to hear, and I listened, I, and I told my parents, that's Irene. And so we went. She was at security, thankfully. Someone had taken in there. And we asked her, what happened? And she said, well, I thought we, I saw Dad going up the escalator, so I followed this man who I thought was Dad. And, you know, um, she got distracted. 
But thankfully, I was familiar enough with her voice to just sort of pique my attention and get back to focus. And, and you know, that's what we have to be with the Lord. We've got to know Him. We, we've got to be familiar with His voice. We've got to, we've got to exercise ourselves to listening. And, and, you know, often the reason why people don't follow Him is because they just seem to know His voice, but they don't know His voice. They think it's this. They think it's that. And, and suddenly they're following the wrong thing, the wrong person, the wrong pursuit. And so to follow Him, it's going to be contingent on knowing Him. And the goal that Jesus has for each of us is that we would know Him intimately. He, he, wants, to, he wants to answer that question by revealing Himself to us as we walk with Him. And, you know, often it was the, that was the case before we had... before. Those, uh, before many had clarity of purpose, they had to have a clarity of hearing, then a clarity of seeing God. I think about Isaiah, who in Isaiah chapter 6, you know, those famous verses, Here are my Lord, send me. You know, before Isaiah got to say that, he had to see the God high and lifted up. He had to hear, then he had to see. You understand that even uh, Moses, who we've been focusing on a little bit, and interesting, again, that two weeks in a row we spoke about Moses, but we think about Moses right there at the burning bush. It was the hearing, then seeing, and then the going. There was a clarity there, but before clarity, you had to get a clearer picture of who God is. And, you know, sometimes here's what we do. You know, we, 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 we're trying to figure out what's our purpose in life. How, how do I live a fulfilling life? And here's what we do. We focus on us. We go, oh, I've got to get to know myself more. You know, there's this whole journey of self-discovery and, and, and people go on these journeys. And, and actually, if you want a clarity of who you are, you better have a clarity of who God is. But if you really want to know what your purpose is, then you better get to know God. And that was Moses, wasn't it? And then, you know, Apostle Paul, who was a religious man who was persecuting the church and it really had a misunderstanding of, of who this Jesus is. And so he went after Jesus' church and his people of the way. And then right there on that road to Emmaus, right there on his donkey, he, uh, he was taken off. And you know what happened? He heard, then he saw. And then there was a clarity of what he was. He was a chosen vessel who was going to suffer great things for Christ. And we won't have the New Testament today if the Apostle Paul hadn't heard and hadn't seen. There was a clarification of who he was supposed to be. But it wasn't going to happen unless he saw Christ for who he was. And so we see that there needs to be then, uh, really, if we're going to follow, if we're going to respond to those two words, follow me, there has to be first a realization that we need to know God more. How well do you know God? Walk with Him every day? When you read His Word, do you start to see His mind, His heart? Do you start to see His nature and His character? Do you start to sense that the, the very things that He rejoices in, the very things that He finds priority? Do, do we start to see His nature? Do we start to, 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 to just know God, not just have a general knowledge of Him, but a personal knowledge of Him. And we understand, firstly, that's got to come with a personal relationship. You've got to be saved. 
But then beyond that, you've got to be growing. Hey, listen, don't just take it for granted that you know God because you're saved. You know, when we, when we had our children, I remember just it dawned on me that just because, just because God gave them to us doesn't mean I know them. You know, we, got to get, we have to get to know our children. We've got to build a relationship and we've got to start to get to know them. You know, here's what we do sometimes. Well, I'm, he, I'm, I'm her parent or I'm his parent. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I know them. Listen, you know them from birth, but you might not know them. You've got to develop that still. And you might have been birthed into God's family, born again. You might have been birthed, but you know, sometimes we just take it for granted we know God. And you might know Him from salvation, and you might have been born into His family, but listen, it takes time to get to know someone. It takes time for us to familiarize ourselves with someone's voice and to understand who they are and what they represent. And, and, and you know, we, we, ought to, we ought to take the time each and every day to familiarize ourselves with who He is. And that takes time. That takes a lot of discipline and effort. But if we're going to follow Him and lead to that fulfilling life, then we're going to need to understand who He is. And and I wonder if you know him personally that way. You know, you might have heard some things. You might see him in light of others in their fellowship with him. But do you have a fellowship with Christ? Do you take the time to open his word? Do you just get to know him? And, and you're going to find this. He's going to be the answer to your question, what is life about? You're going to find purpose when you find Christ. He is the all in all, listen. You know, tonight you might find other pursuits, but listen, nothing will satisfy, nothing will. The Lord Jesus is the only one, if we're going to find fulfillment in life, if you follow Him, you won't miss out on your fulfillment. You know, I love these, these, um, I love these comparisons, you know, to the architect, he's the chief cornerstone. To the astronomer, he's the bright and morning star. To the butcher, he's the lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of this world. To the baker, he is the living bread. To the carpenter, he is the master builder. To the diplomat, he is the prince of peace. To the doctor, he is the great physician. To the educator, he is the master teacher. To the electrician, he is the light of the world. To the farmer, he is the lord of the harvest. To the florist, he is the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon. To the geologist, he is the rock of ages. To the horticulturist, he is the true vine. To the jeweler, he is the pearl of great price. To the judge, he is the righteous judge. To the lawyer, he is the chief advocate. To the philosopher, he is the wisdom of God. To the publisher, he is the good tidings of great joy. To the the sculptor, he's the living stone. To the, the theologian, he's the author and finisher of our faith. To the zoologist, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. If you're hungry, he's the bread of life. If you're thirsty, he's the fountain of living water. If you're blind, he's the light of the world. If you're lost, he's the way. If you're confused, he's the truth. If you're dying, he's the source of life everlasting. Listen, he satisfies, I'm telling you. And you better, you better pursue Christ before you pursue anything else. And too many times we do tend to just want to pursue what we see to be fulfilling. And we miss out on the point. You know, you can know Him. And if in knowing Him, you're going to find your purpose, you're going to find your fulfillment. But you know, before that, really, following Him is, is actually this. It's conditional also on a willingness to deny self. And actually, that's the problem. 
because we get in our own way. You see, in verse 23, he says that he says, and he said to them, after that, that, that conversation with the disciples, so the same audience, he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Here's the problem. We don't deny self. You know, we want to appease self. We want our truth. And self has become problematic because man has a problem. He's got a fallen nature. And, and self has always been the problem of man. It's our inherent nature to follow our own way. And that's what really is the great distraction. I, I quoted this before, but he, an author said this, much of my learning to follow Jesus is unlearning to follow myself. And often that's the case. You know, even John the Baptist, the greatest born among women, he said, he must increase, but I must decrease. Those things come to be at the same time. If you would decrease self, then you will increase in Christ. And, and oftentimes it's just denying self. And, and, you know, Jesus himself was an example of this. You know, he said in, in Matthew 26, 39, he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed and saying, Oh, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He was looking at the cross and then he says this, Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Even the Lord Jesus, he denied himself in seeing what was ahead of him, seeing the, the pain, seeing all of those he, he had to endure. He, he still chose to deny himself. And you know what we do? We, we live in a world where it's all about self-indulgence. It's all about, you know, appeasing self and, you know, scratching that itch and making sure that we're satisfied. And, and what we find is, that is tiresome. You know, when you're the one in control, you ha you're limited. When we're in control, when it's all about us, you know, over time, it just, it's too tiring. You know, it, you know who, who can do that? Who can do that is the unlimited one, the God of eternity. And, and when you look to Him and when you just simply go, no, not self, Him, you know, we're going to find, you're going to find that he is not tired at all. That he can lead you and guide you because we need leading and guiding. But you know, it's also correspondent to that, the next thing they're cross-bearing. And it says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. You know what the cross represents here? And, you know, we can, we can talk about it in different ways. But the cross really, when you think about it, in regard to Christ, it was his purpose. So he's saying, deny self and take up my cross, take up your cross daily. He's speaking about our purpose. He's speaking about, really, in, in, in this way, our, uh, the identity that we find in Christ. You know, the cross was his identity, the, the, his purpose in it. And Spurgeon said it this way, there are no crown wearers in heaven that were not cross bearers here below. And, and there's this great purpose that we're supposed to be to, to, to identify ourselves in Christ as we follow after His footsteps and as we look to who He is. And, you know, bearing a cross simply means following His purpose and identifying with Him daily. That's what it is. 
And Christ means to fill you with a life of purpose and identity. You know, He doesn't ask us to deny ourselves without replacing it with something, something greater. That's His pattern. In Matthew 19, 29, everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. He'll replace it with greater. And when we deny self, you know, what we find is at first there's this real battle with that. And then when we do that and we take up the cross, what we find is a greater purpose, a greater identity, but a greater reward. And then following him, really, at the end of it, is going to be something countercultural because in verse 24 to 25, he says this For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself and be cast away? You know, we, we think that to save our life, we've got to save it. And if we, we lose, we lose. We, if we let it go, then somehow, when we have no control over it, then some, somehow we just, we lose out. It's actually counter to that. He's saying it's, it's the opposite. There's this, this, there's this paradigm in the Christian life that if we're going to save our life, we're going to need to let it go or lose it. He says, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. There's this paradox there's this idea that, that actually to save is to lose and to profit is to, uh, to, uh, to let go. And, and often what we do is we, we just follow the world's idea of fulfillment and all along we're actually losing. All along we're actually losing what is to be gained in Christ. And you know, there's, there's, there's going to be a time perhaps in your life where you're going to have to decide whether you're going to follow the world's recipe for fulfillment or your own recipe for fulfillment or you're going to follow Jesus' prescription for fulfillment. You're going to have to decide that. There's no straddling the fence. No, you're going to have to decide and make a, make a purposeful, willful decision that you're going to follow God's way and His prescribed way and not the other way. But in doing so, I'm going to tell you this, it's going to be countercultural. You're, you're going to stand out. You know, I, I think about a young man that I had the privilege of, of seeing grow up at, at Southland, and he's a missionary now over in Sri Lanka, and, but he's just a, he's a very gifted young man. And I, I look at him, and, and you know, I remember the day he, he surrendered to follow God's call on his life, and he went off to Bible college and so forth. And I remember sitting around with him and a couple of his friends. And they were all asking him and, and they were saying, what are you doing? And they were looking at him like, you know, you could do this. Your dad's in this industry and he's got a name. And said, you know, you, you could do this. You could. And he, he's very intelligent. If he, he were to come, he's very articulate. Just a good young man. He's, he's what is he, about 20, 25 now? Still single, by the way, ladies. He's a good wife. But just a good young man, very gifted. Gifted in, his, his, in how he speaks, gifted in his relationships. I went over to the college he was going to. Everyone knew him. 
just, just gifted that way. People connected it, connect with him well. And everyone was wondering, why are you doing this? What a waste. All his, all his friends were like, what a waste. What are you doing that for? And then to top it all off, he, 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 he surrendered to go to Sri Lanka. What, what are you doing that for? Everyone wondered. It just didn't make sense to the world. But it made all the sense to him as he followed. And, you know, too many times we just go by and just go with the flow. And before long, actually, we've been distracted away from the life that actually is fulfilling. And it was an answer to two words, follow me. And, and tonight, that's, that's really it. You know, I hope that you would just think through this week and you would just be determined to just listen to God. Maybe it's been a while since you've heard. Maybe you've been reading and you've had a dry spell. I want to tell you that there's, there's times in life like that, but the only solution is to just take the time. Put away the other voices and the distractions. Hey, turn off your phone once in a while. Hey, have some quiet once in a while in this noisy world that we live in. Turn off the, turn off the music. Turn off the, turn off the news. Please do that. And just get in tune with the voice of God again. And you're going to find when you do that over time, you're going to hear. Then you're going to see. And then you're going to have clarity about that fulfilling life that he has for you. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the time. And Lord, I'm just thankful that, Lord, you're a God who, even though we often get distracted with other things, you're so willing in your still small voice to just simply get us back to focus by saying two simple words in our spirit, follow me. I pray that you'd help us, dear God, um, as we study through this in the course of this month, as you lead us and you guide us, that, Lord, you, you would transform us, you would help us to get back to, to the right path, to get back to the path of fulfillment that, Lord, you desire for each and every one of your children. So I pray that you'd help us, Lord, if, if, if it has been that we've been distracted by the noise of the circumstances of life or the noise of this, just this world, that you'd help us to shut that off this week and just get back to listening to you. So I pray that you'd help us, Lord, as we get into the week. I pray for your blessing upon the church, Lord. pray that you'd help us to be a, a salt and light in this world. This world needs it, dear God, and we need your power to do that. And so I pray that you'd, you'd empower us, enable us, we pray. And I pray for blessing on, on each one, Lord, here and those listening. I pray that you just be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name.